Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. and Rebecca just took a, a drink out of a huge mug that distracted me. Um, coming to you live from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico with me, Rachel and Rebecca. How are you both doing? I'm doing great. Good. I'm doing good. <laughs> Rachel's I'm... had a busy week, it sounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you busy got month. classes going on. You got a paper to write. You got a test to take. It's the end of the term. What's happening? um you know it's the end of the term and you're like I'm done you're just you know that feeling of like just done I'm just doing what I need to do but the um my ECE class um is super easy that like I signed up for it because it comes naturally to me yeah but you know how you have to take those classes that are like um have nothing to do with anything about what you want to do yeah they just want you to um, be a well-rounded person <laughs> I guess I um it's my physical geography man I signed up for it thinking like oh we're gonna look at maps oh no it's like a it's a deep dive and that oh I is it like terrain that, is it like going into different terrain was, and elevation and all that it's been about like the ocean it's been about climate change it's been about oh. rocks it's been about tornadoes it's been about volcanoes like I, I didn't realize I was diving like that's pretty awesome, it. but also that sounds like quite a lot of information for someone oh, who's yeah. so much <laughs> actually retained. But like Ooh. randomly we'll be driving in town and I'll be like, oh yeah, do you see that cumulus cloud over there? That's actually <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And next like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> I it, is, totally... it, it is cool to learn new stuff that you wouldn't have like come across, right? So I guess you right. gotta look at the positives. <laughs> I to. would have totally done the class for you. You could have, I, I mean, I, I would have totally I'll send done you the final. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. You'll flunk it because I didn't have a chance to do all the reading, <laughs> but okay. Um, speaking of reading new thing, learning new things, Marconi, not, not the, not the radio guy. He fucked Tesla over. Fuck Marconi. Um, so there's that, uh, uh, that's that's out of nowhere. Um, but it's just been it's been eating at me all morning. My non-reaction oh. is because I have no idea what you're talking. Yeah, about. me. I'm like, oh, okay. Mar Mar Marconi is is credited with being the inventor of radio, right? But he fucking didn't. He stole he stole patents from uh from Tesla. 1946, two three years after Tesla died, the United States Supreme Court said, "Hey, Marconi, you're a fucking thief." Um, Tesla was really the inner innovator of of wireless uh radio um so that doesn't have it look yeah you don't well, get that the... information on on every early learning podcast um yeah. Rebecca, Rebecca, new. 
<laughs> Rebecca's got a great topic. I got a little commercial to do. Um, back in episode 1058, Sam and I talked about a hypothetical childcare bar and grill uh, training weekend, what it would be like if uh, we got together here at the beach and made a training thing happen. And uh, I said, if there were enough people interested which would be a handful to get started. I put together a group over on the Playhaven site and and that happened. And and now we'll we'll see if any plan planning gets done. Maybe we'll end up doing an event and maybe we won't. But um over there at Playhaven, myplayhaven.com, if you go to groups, you can join the it's called the I it's called the I-R-L-C-C-B-A-G-W-T-B-G-T contemplation corner. Um uh what does I-R-L-C-C-B-A-G-W-T-B-G-T stand for? You may be wondering. Well, that stands for in real life childcare bar and grill um, weekend um, uh, weekend training beach get together. That's what it stands for. Um, that that's a really fucking mouthful. It should probably have a better name than that. But you know, I said I'd get it put together by the end of the weekend, and then last night, Saturday night, I. I had a cocktail and I had to get this done because I had other things I got planned to do today. And that's what it's fucking called. So uh, you can go over there and check that out. If you, you can come over and lurk. Um, but, you know, the whole idea is maybe humans will get together here at the beach and we'll, we'll talk early learning and do training stuff at the beach. Um, I think in a lot of states I can get you training credit in other states we might have, but look, this isn't something that's going to happen next week. It's something that's going to happen a long ways out um, anywhere. So that's, that's that. I have a question about that before you move on. Where, what is the closest airport to you? The closest airport would be Gulfport, okay. which has a lot of flights going in and out. Um, if you want a little bit more fun airport, that's still, it's about, uh, slightly less than an hour drive, I think, is uh, New Orleans, which would give you a chance to hang out in New Orleans uh, a little bit too. That's New Orleans for me. I've never been there. I've wanted to go. So okay, I got my, my, more, my gears yeah. are going. Yeah, New New Orleans more fun than Gulfport. Gulfport shorter drive. Um. So so there's that. Um. So what are we talking about, Rebecca? Oh, I didn't even know what to call it. Um, so I, when I emailed you, I, I put like avoidance, like children who display avoidance, but in particular to accountability or just like some type of corrective conversation. If a you child drops, bleep, you just bleeped out all like every important word you were saying just bleeped out. Did it really? Yeah. Okay. Let me say that again. Uh, just referring to avoidance within in young children um, and avoidance in particular to addressing or acknowledging uh, accountability of whether it's something as simple as like you dropped your tissue on the ground, put it in the trash can or something where maybe a child hurts another child. And then we want to have a conversation about what happened and they just don't even want to acknowledge it. And that looks different for different kids. Sometimes they run away. Sometimes they start laughing. Um, you know, there's different tactics that I feel like children have when it comes to those situations. But but overall, like how, what can we expect from young children in these situations? And then how can we develop in a developmentally appropriate way, practice accountability and make sure that we're not just, uh, well, they're just kids. So I'll pick up the tissue or, you know, he's only three. So we're not going to talk about 
that conversation, whatever happened. And so, yeah, just kind of, I, I was curious what Rachel and, and her, her team does at her program and what you've done before in the past. I'm trying to think of like a specific situation. It's like, okay, so going off, let's say like the tissue, mm-hmm. I would um, like, I guess just the way I would handle it would be like, hey, what just happened here? Like, um, I wouldn't directly call out the tone and be like, oh, you just dropped this. You didn't pick mm-hmm. it up. I would say, hey, do you know what happened here? And right. um, like just in a roundabout way, typically when I have kids who avoid that, um, I just like try to get the questions until they come to the point like okay I did that you know what I mean like right you know how this got here oh if you didn't do it do you know who did like you know and just in the roundabout way and then typically they're like eventually they get bored with the game and they're like yeah I did I did and they'll they'll pick it up you know what I mean yeah yeah for like their personality because some kids I feel like if you even if you're calm and kind and have a nice tone any type of like what feels like a correction can upset right. a child or make them feel like there's some type of contention. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to, cause like I've done what you, what you've done too for, for certain kids. And I feel like sometimes it works and sometimes it ends up making me feel really passive and then the kids yeah. still run, you know, and then I'm like, maybe I should have been more assertive and more clear about my expectations. But then I'm like, are my expectations realistic, you know? And so it's like, I'm going through all of this. I'm talking with my co-teacher too. Um, we have a little guy right now who for, for some reason, you know, I mean, for, for the reason of he, he's being a child, he's a little more impulsive than other kids and he'll push and he'll shove and he'll snatch things out of other kids' hands because he's just impulsive and he hasn't developed that executive function to be able to calmly ask and wait for his turn. And so those are moments where I feel like it could be a quick moment where I'm like, oh, you took that from her hand. Like, let's give it back and you can ask her for a turn. Like the things that seem routine to me that I do all the time with kids can be like upset this child. Right. Or he'll start running so, away or he'll, he'll cry. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's, I'm kind of I, stuck. I have kids like that, too, where you give the redirection and then they get really upset. And um, really, I struggle like I get how this is a struggle um but I always say like I'm sorry that this upset you but we still have to wait our turn we still you know and follow up with like I try to validate the emotion they're feeling like I can see you're embarrassed or you're upset or this isn't what you wanted Mm -hmm. but we still have to take you know you have to wait till he's done with the toy I want to take the toy from you because that's something that's really big I read something about um sharing isn't caring. Right. And like, you know, we wouldn't take, and that's something right now, like with my co-teachers, cause I'm the senior upstairs, like in my pre-K setting, I'm the senior teacher now. Okay. Um, that's something like I'm trying to get across to my co-teachers is like sharing does not necessarily mean caring. It means like, if you take that toy while that kid's still playing with it, you're telling him, well, it's not important that you like that toy and you're playing with that toy. It's more important that, you know, you give your stuff away to other people right. and just because they want it, you know, just because right. I have a nice laptop, I wouldn't just, and let's say Rebecca, you wanted it. I wouldn't just go, oh, okay, here you go. You know, like. Right. And I think sharing is caring when it comes from the heart, right? Yes. I love from that. The child. And not, yeah. not like 
a child who feels like they have to because otherwise they'll be seen as a bad kid right right like, true authentically like I want to give this to you yeah I will sure. say like um because I used to be that teacher that was like okay five minutes and then it's up like I'm taking mm -hmm. it I think we uh, all were at some point <laughs> right because you don't know any better you know but um it took like probably a month but the kids in my class now are like okay and it, the hardest part in the group setting for me with things like that is remembering like, okay, you have the, the red block that George wants, you know, mm -hmm. and 20 minutes later, like you're done with it and you give it to Tom instead of George. Like, that's and you don't notice for a couple minutes. Right. And so yeah. the kid's already been playing with it for a little bit and you're like, oh, wait, it's not your turn. <laughs> yes. That's the yeah. biggest struggle. Um, in the group setting that I have is just trying to keep tabs. Cause I mean, I have 14, you know, like watching 14 kids, like, Oh, you asked for that toy. Okay. You asked for that. Like, um, that's, I would say that's the biggest struggle. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, in those situations, I really try to empower the children who both kids, I guess the child who is waiting for the turn. Like if you really want that toy, like pay attention and every so often look over and check and see if it's available. Um, and also for the child who has the toy or whatever object it might be, um, that, you know, you get a, a turn as long as you want, but make sure that you go find Rachel when you're done with it. Um, and they don't always, right. But definitely oh, right. sometimes you're like, why is this here on the ground? Um, but I think it's good because the more and more you do that, then the less and less you have to even manage it. Um, like but yeah, it the wording that you just used because I don't even think like hey come find me when you're done and I'll help you or you know what I mean or the biggest problem too that I say like pay attention and see if they're done I have kids that'll fall and be like are you done yet are you done yet are you done mm -hmm. yet so mm -hmm. I've had to like intervene and say you know you need to go find it's gonna feel a lot longer if you don't go find something to play with while you're waiting you know yeah um, yeah but I don't sure. want to distract them from what they're focused on of like so I've told them I'm like you can wait and watch them quietly <laughs> or you could go do something else right because a kid doesn't want to be pestered right like, every second how can you really you're and that's honestly what prolongs their turn because they don't get to like finish playing like, with they're like thing. hiding it yeah so I don't know like that so all of these strategies I feel like are usually pretty helpful right with kids you empower them and you teach them how to communicate each other's needs and like it 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 helps especially if you're consistent over time and I think that's why I'm struggling with this one particular kid because um, these situations where I feel like, hey, like these are just little little skills, little nuggets that I kind of want to drop for him. That like, hey, if you step on someone's foot, like just check, like, hey, are you okay? You know, little things like that. Um, I want him to feel empowered by these conversations. Like I care about him, I love him and I want him to grow, you know? And that I think that this is just a skill that he hasn't developed yet. Obviously, I'm not using those particular words, but I want him to get that feeling from me right. that that our conversations are are good, you know, that it doesn't have to. I, like you said earlier, I think you used the word embarrassed. And I think that kids can feel embarrassed when you talk to them about something they've done that was maybe perceived as wrong. Right. Um, and I think maybe it goes back to like developmentally, like guilt and shame and and processing those feelings so yeah I don't know Jeff what what did you guys do at your 
program when you had it in your in your home? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> um, does he does he know he steps on somebody's foot? Oh yeah, so a lot of times it's intentional because most of the time it's impulsive. Like mm -hmm. I want the thing you have, you're not responding to me, so I'm gonna step on you. You know, or I'll push you, or he'll ask someone, "Can I have a turn?" They'll say no, and then he'll take it anyway. Um, so those, like, I don't even come at him upset or anything. I'm just like, oh, like that looks like she was still using it, you know? And then he's bolting because I think he feels bad. He feels like, darn it. Like or, I screwed or, up, or, you know? Or, or, or he doesn't want to get a, um, I know you're trying to feel all nice and warm and fuzzy when you're talking to him, but maybe he bolts because he doesn't want another fucking lecture from another adult telling him how to live his life. For sure. Um, I, which, um, I mean... I get because I probably still as an adult do that anytime somebody wants to lecture me about something. Um, mm -hmm. But, but I don't know, is he, is he cognitively and physiologically ready to do the things you're expecting him to do or that's, wanting him to do? Right. That's the, that's what I'm struggling with because he's one of my oldest kids, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that much, but it, it, he's four. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, most I've, I've worked with kids. This is my 12th year teaching. Most four-year-olds can have some, I, like it, when I went to college, we talked, it was, had a big phrase, restorative justice, right? Um, which is just conflict resolution, talking with kids about situations. Um, and so I don't know. It's I, I feel like usually four-year-olds can have some type of reflective conversation, right? Even if they don't know why they did something, of course, but like, they can talk about it. Um, and then like, I've done a lot of training with Dr. Becky Bailey's conscious discipline. And there's a lot of um, strategies to help children develop problem solving skills. And uh, obviously a lot of that has to do with conversation, but it's like, if I can't start these conversations, then how, how can you teach the skill? Right. And then for the child that say is hurt, say a child is hurt and they feel upset and they want to go talk to the child that hurt them and then that child doesn't care does wants to run away like i have to make that other child feel safe and hurt too right and so there's all of these factors at play here and i don't want to i don't want to create a situation where we're just like oh that's just who that kid is like he just runs off and kind of label him like he doesn't care yeah i think he does care but i think he he struggles having the conversation so i just want to figure out how to have those conversations I have a child in my program right now um, who kind of like it really, and I feel like we're so quick, quick to do this like labeling of kids. Like, mm -hmm. but I have a child right now who literally he acts before he thinks, no matter what. He is so busy. This is how bad, like, not how bad I, no, that's not the word I mean, but this is how he will do something and then go put himself in timeout. Yeah. And he does, but like, he's not upset. He doesn't even care. And I don't do timeout. Um, right. I'm very much like, Hey, we need to take a break or move on to something else until you're ready to talk. Like I'm a believer. in like, let's try to do a puzzle till we get our brain to the point, like that we can discuss what just happened. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's hard because he, I feel he's so aware. The other problem is like, I'm teaching this, but like his, his, I'm not sure his parents do. Right. And I feel like that you need like that team base. We had issues like um, his, well, 
just even the way he was treating me, mm-hmm. um, like I have to tell him multiple times, you know, go do this, go do that. And yeah, I, part of the job. <laughs> right. Sure. And I'm like, well, we need to wash our hands for lunch. Let's wash our hands. Like I'm following him. And he, he turned around and he looked at me, he said, okay, bitch. I said, what, what did, Ooh. what did you just say? How old is he? Three? Like, you have a threes class? Yes. He's, he just turned four, but yes, I have a threes class. Yeah. So he says, okay, bitch. And I said, what did you just say? He goes, nothing. So like he knows. He knows. Yeah. <clears throat> and when, um, I, I took him out of the room. I was like, I'm sorry. That's very disrespectful. Like it actually, it instantly pissed me off. I'm going to be legit. Yeah. So I mean, I, you're, like, you're, you've grown up your whole life. Like no one's going to call me a bitch. Now you got a three-year-old calling you a bitch. Like, right. I but I know that he's three. So I'm like, we're going to take yeah. a break from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but his dad comes to pick up that night. And I, I said, you know, Hey, th- I didn't even talk to him. I don't remember, but my co-teacher talked to him when he comes upstairs and I said, he, he goes, yeah, I heard he, he called you a bitch. And I said, yeah, he did. And he goes, oh, well, that's what he calls his mom too. Cause that's and what you call her. Sorry. That's just my assumption, but yeah, he didn't but, learn it from nowhere. He's laughing about it, but I'm just like, how can I hold your child accountable when you think it's funny? You know? Right. Like, right. It, you can't. I mean, that's how I feel. Like it's um, it's impossible. That explains a lot of his reactions, you know. Yeah, and I think that so this child that I'm talking about goes to another preschool. He goes to my school part time in another preschool, and I think because of his behaviors and the way that he is, I think he probably is labeled and shamed at his other program. He goes to uh, I've heard things about this school that he goes to, Um, and so I think when he comes to my program like kind of like your kids going from you know home to school you know they're experiencing one thing in one setting and then they come into another setting and it's different expectations right and that's just throws them off that's Um, a big transition too you know mm -hmm. yeah and I think that you know my program is much different like he goes to forest school and Montessori school (laughs) so like that's a lot for him And his other teachers, from what I've heard, are kind of harsh, um, according to something his parents have, some things his parents have told me. And so, yeah, I wonder if like he carries that guilt and shame because of things that happen at his other program. What what does harsh mean? Um, like the a parent told me that she went to pick up pick him up, and he was getting like yelled at face to face. Uh. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's pretty harsh. Um, and so, you know, like I said, the, the behaviors that I see at forest school, I could totally see him being in a traditional classroom with teachers who aren't well-educated on real child development and labeling him and saying he's bad or he's mean or whatever type of words that, that people use for, for kids. And so, yeah, I think he, he goes from one setting to another, to another and, yeah, I think it's just, it's hard. And like Jeff said, like he wants to avoid it. He doesn't want to hear it anymore. Even if it's coming from me, but I'm trying to be like, Hey, I'm trying to have like a 10 second conversation with you. And then we can move on. You know, he doesn't see it like that maybe because of his other school. Maybe it's not a 10 second conversation. Maybe he's on timeout and they're in his face and you know, so he's just like, ah, get me away from all of that feeling. So a couple thoughts. 
Uh, first, uh, listeners, if you're dealing with sharing stuff, you got to check out Heather Shoemaker's It's Okay Not to Share. Um, wonderful book. You don't want to read mm-hmm. the book, go to the Playvolution HQ site and uh, click over to the podcast archives. Heather and I did just around 200 podcast episodes and sharing comes up there a bunch of times. So if you're if you're looking into why sharing isn't all that um heather's a go-to resource for that um also about about bitch now that's a that's a that's a i mean that word can be used as in in anger but that word gets thrown out around a lot as an, an affectionate term um in in couples and relationships and in friend groups as well now maybe not in this kid's situation but um i i know plenty of women who refer to their friend group as their bitches and use that word in amongst themselves and 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 uh in in relationships you know i'd never do it but um you know, I never do it. Said, it said, interject said, on that. Me a sandwich, bitch. Um, in a in a loving. But, but to interject <laughs> on that, I also want to like say the tone that he used to. Sure. He, it was a very like exasperated tone with me. Uh huh. Because sure. I mean, I was on him. Like, come on, buddy, we got to wash. Like the whole everybody's waiting. We need to wash our hands so we can sit down and eat. And I mean, I'd probably told him he's the child that you have to say the same thing to ten times. And I mean, he was just like okay okay bitch and i'm like oh, okay and and, and here we it, are back to about tone again which i think is great right. because um the the word itself has i mean has a lot of meanings and it all, right. all relies on the tone that's used with it and so um it, that's that's sad that he's using it using it in in that way but then yeah. the other thing about accountability and avoidance I think maybe we should just step back a little bit and look at what we're expecting from kids around those two issues and and mm-hmm. look at the adults in the world because there are plenty of us adults walking around who aren't being ac- accountable for our right. actions oh, um, and and you I mean avoidance is a great tool if you if you want to avoid something so um would we would we be calling out coworkers and family members and peers for the same things as we're calling kids out? Are we are we setting higher expectations for three and four year olds than we are for thirty and forty year olds? I hear what you're saying, but also like my my peers aren't in a my program to learn life skills, which is like a pillar of our program, right? So it's uh-huh. like if 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 we're teaching children life skills, I think it's our responsibility as adults to encourage accountability, to model accountability so that we can help these children grow to be adults that aren't the adults that you're describing. It's kind of like part of our, our role as caregivers is to, is not accountability obviously doesn't come naturally for everybody. So how can we, at what age do we expect people to start being accountable for themselves? Cause it doesn't always happen innately. I'll just say that like kind of stabs me in the heart because here my like my thought process with what Jeff just said is you're right. So we just did that episode not long ago about um, tone. Right. And I was mm-hmm. telling you I didn't like the tone of my coworker. I didn't hold her accountable 
But here I am. I'm the role model in that room. And every single child in that room saw the way that she behaved, but yet I didn't hold her accountable to what she was. You know what I mean? So like how much of that rubbed off on him um, being accountable with his words? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's different when you're like, I'm in a program setting and like, I'm the leader of the program. So like, you have to know, like, what are, what are your values? And, and I think that whole child learning has a lot to do with life skills and not just, you know, not academics. And so I think a big part of early childhood is that social emotional, most of, most of our curriculum really is social emotional. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, like I said, like, with what you're saying is it happened in your program, right? You're not reflecting on something that happened elsewhere. It's something that happened within your classroom. And so I think that's a special place that is different than other settings in your life. And that's why we're not calling out even maybe like your cousin's kid at a Christmas party. You're not going to comment on something that they're doing, right? Because you're not in your program where you are abiding by a philosophy and a mission and goals that you have talked about with parents when they enroll you know what I mean and so I think it's a little different and it's a, there's some nuances there in regards so to like how you question 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 yes age of when 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 do we humans reach what what is it the age of reason is like yeah. uh seven oh. eight ish in there someplace mm-hmm. yeah Right, let me look. And so when we spend a lot of time trying to reason with people who haven't cognitively reached the age of reason, are we are we flapping our lips for no reason? I, I hear what you're saying. I also think that those just because they haven't reached the age of like full reason, it's similar to like just because it's developmentally appropriate for a child to hit another child because they're three doesn't mean you ignore it, right? Like you can still talk about it. It doesn't mean that I'm going to expect them to never hit someone again, but there's, it's not just something that I'm gonna be like, Oh, they're hitting each other. Like let them work it out. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's I, cause I've struggled with that and other things too. Cause like skill building it, the impulsivity, right? Like I can't teach a child to be less impulsive. Those things have to, wait out over time right this child Mm -hmm. has to grow and develop and mature um but that doesn't mean that like if like we've mentioned earlier taking things out of people's hands not waiting their turn like doesn't mean we're not gonna make sure that the that that's not happening right we're not gonna just be like oh that's developmentally appropriate so we're gonna let him go around and take everything out of people's hands and so i think that's like we can have a conversation but we cannot necessarily expect them to just like get it you know what I mean? Like, I think it's like dropping, dropping little bits of knowledge and conversation over time so that when they reach that six, seven, eight year old age, it's not all brand new. Like, Hey, we're going to start holding you accountable now. You Which, know, I, that's, that's kind of a shock to me. I just looked it up in diverse cultures, the five to seven age period is regarded as the beginning of the age of reason. So Remember that's really the, what they're the, starting. The, the key word there, I think, is beginning. Right. So I, I I totally get where you're coming from, Rebecca. And I think it's it can be so fucking frustrating too. Yes. Dealing with kids like that. But I I I really think a lot of times that 
we're expecting things from kids at those, I mean, three, four, that's still really young. And they're just their sensory systems are, are still getting wired and their cognitive systems are just starting to come online. And if we have these expectations of them that they can't live up to, we often end up struggling with the these issues. And so I, I, I think the way you're handling it is spot on, but I think a lot of people just are always so fucking up in the faces of kids about yeah. this stuff all the time mm-hmm. Yeah, that, 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 that just knowing when to, when to say a couple words and then back off. And, yes. and then like the, like the, like that same kid, there's a difference between the way you're handling it and what it sounds like it's how it's being handled in other places where the teachers right up face to face yelling at them because that's the mm-hmm. way that thing that that situation gets handled in a lot yeah. of programs. So I think it's all about finding that that balance where you understand that this this little human isn't fully online yet. Right. But we're trying to guide them in that direction. Yeah. Like but, I said, just drop, dropping little nuggets, right? Like I don't need to, yeah. le- I don't want to lecture this kid. That's, that sucks for me too. I don't want to spend my fucking day doing that. I'm having fun at forest school. Like I'm trying to dig in the mud, you know? Um, and so I don't know. I think that a strategy that I have learned and um, that's, I'm starting to work with this child is there's two things that I've done. Um, one is when he arrives at school, he usually likes to like have one-on-one time. I've noticed he's like, yo, do you want to come do this with me? Do you want to come play with me? And so I've been trying to take advantage of that. And then during those conversations, I try to front load him before anything happens. And I'll be like, hey, and I'll, I won't even like make it something that he'll, he might do purposefully. I'll be like, hey, what will happen today if like you accidentally step on someone's foot or this? Like, how might that look? How might that we handle that? And he's actually able to have those conversations beforehand. Um, and we just have a quick convo, right? I'm not going to sit there and talk about that the whole time, but I'll just kind of talk about it. What's that going to look like? Um, and then also like if something does happen where he hurts someone or takes something, um, I will have a conversation. I'll usually whatever child is feeling hurt by his actions. Um, I just focus on them. And then when he's done and probably calmed down and not so much in his fight or flight brain, then I'll have a conversation with him later. You know, I'd be like, hey, earlier this happened. I noticed that you took this out of her hand, blah, 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 you know, and have that conversation later. And so I think with kids like that um, and adults, people in general, if they're in a heightened state, is not the best time to have a conversation, even if it's short sometimes, even for these particular kids who are really avoidant. Even a short conversation feels like, get me the fuck out of here. So I'm trying to kind of before and after try to like front load and then try to reflect when we, I feel like we kind of need to. Yeah. I I think the only, the only problem is that so though sometimes when you do the afterwards thing, sometimes they don't fucking remember. I mean, they, they, so that can be a little bit of a problem there. Are you doing anything with the other kids to, to help empower them when he's doing things so that they're. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're feeling really empowered and they're, rejecting him a lot because of his behaviors so we're navigating that too because I want to honor their feelings but I want him to like learn how to play with other kids which is hard when they don't let him play um so yeah there's a lot of feelings going on he does remember a lot of details and I think that's why I feel these conversations are effective for him because he he'll talk about how he felt and he'll say he'll be like well I wanted to hurt her because 
she made me mad. Like yeah. <laughs> he's, and so I think that, yeah, it's tough because in so many ways, because they're developing skills, you see glimpses of like this executive function. And then seconds later, they're like back to their toddler like selves, because that's what's happening inside their brains. They're, they're yeah. building synapses, right? They're building connections. And so you see glimpses of it here and glimpses of it there. You, they have strengths in certain areas, but less so in others. Um, so, so yeah, I think it does depend on the kid because some kids you try to have that conversation and it's over their head. It's gone. It's done. What's the, what's the best thing about this kid? Oh, he's like one of the most enthusiastic people ever. Like we're on the trail. He's like, Hey, I'm hiking. We're bird watching. It's my birthday. He's super outgoing. Um, my partner actually came to sub for me, uh, cause one of my teachers was out in October and um, I kind of let her know that his behaviors can be a little scary because she doesn't work with kids all the time. And so I was like, it might frighten you because he can, he's big body and he sometimes um, does things that, that might freak you out. And after, at the end of the day, she was like, oh, he's my favorite. I loved him because his energy <laughs> and he's so much fun, you know? And so I, I, I struggle because I want him, like, I love him, you know, and I want him to feel that. And I guess I feel like bad because I'm like why are you running away like I just want to talk to you and help you <laughs> you know yeah. but I, I I understand that I'm not the only adult in his life and it, it, there's probably a lot going on for him well I I think for a lot of kids well it would just when we're dealing with those challenging kids taking time to reflect on any good thing you can find is there's a lot a lot of good things about this kid yeah, and and reflecting on that can kind of help you keep from getting getting bogged down in the negative stuff. Because a lot of times with our relationships with kids, we we get this tunnel vision about the thing that that scratches our last nerve, and mm. and we don't pay attention to the the other good stuff that's going on. Rachel, did you freeze? No. Oh, good, because oh, your your pictures frozen. Your, your video froze. Here. I'm just glad you're. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you're there. No, I'm what still do you here. What do I you have think? a question too, Rachel. Oh, sorry. You asked, no. you asked her what I think. I was just going to ask her if the kid ever called her a bitch again. <laughs> so, okay. To no, listen. So then he started, it moved into, um, he would be like, okay, Miss Rachel, duty head. Or, okay, uh, my kids are really big right now and saying butthole. I, I just don't. say it with them and I diffuse it all. I'm like, yeah, butthole. Well, so but I just haven't fed cookies. into it. I do have a lot of kids. Like, we have a, a thing now, like, you guys, we call each other by our names because I have so many kids who get like, he called me, but like adding that E sound to the end of their name, like, mm -hmm. you know, PME or that's not my name. So like, right oh, now, yeah. like, you know what, you guys just call everybody by their name, please. But he was like, oh, you boo boo butt. And I told his dad, I was like, well, you know, I'll take that over. The other thing he goes, his dad, and I would have never known this. Sometimes parents just, you don't have to share everything. Um, he goes, yeah, we found that he's using that in place of the word bitch. Well, he's figured it out. He's like, uh, they don't really like that word so much. So I guess I'll, I'll tone it down a little bit. I mean, that's a pretty good social skill, right? You're like, Ooh, yeah, that didn't, that I didn't just... go over so well. So let me, uh. I'm like, you could have just left it at, like, he's being silly and I'm fine with it. Not, like, no, every time he calls me, like, okay, Miss Duty duty Butt, I'm like, okay, you're secretly low-key. It's like my grandpa told me, um, my grandpa used to refer to us as woman. Like, woman, use your head. Woman, <clears throat> think, you yeah. know? That, yeah, yeah. He was, he was a 
great grandpa but I remember everything changed the day my mom told me like I just thought that was him being passionate everything changed the day that it wasn't my mom or Nick one of them told me like that stands for like he's calling like he's saying bitch basically use your head and I was like I prefer you just ruined like a core memory <laughs> in my head from childhood oh man but and you know I still he's still my favorite grandpa I'm not taking that away from him but now I know like when my mom looks at me and is like your grandpa would say woman use your head I'm like okay I got it, I got it. <laughs> but yeah so I don't know that that sounds like that a little bit of accountability for that kid calling you a bitch did something right he's not calling you a bitch anymore so it's 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 really hard think, to say um with with that particular child like just uh, observing him I love him so much he's creative he's amazing at building he knows everything you can know about dinosaurs he's just has no impulse control and yes. that's what I've come to learn um but I did like it makes me feel really good about him. Like you're, you're speaking, you know, about like, you just want to love this kid and not have him avoid. We went on a really huge field trip and parents went with us. Like we rode a train and we went to a children's museum mm-hmm. and the train and we're all sitting down for lunch. And I was annoyed. I kind of, I don't want to say I had like a confrontation, but I was annoyed with um, the stand-in boss okay. for some miscommunication. And I guess you could kind of see it on my body language I didn't think I was giving it away but this child all of a sudden came up to me ran I ran up to me out of nowhere because I and just said Miss Rachel and I you know you kneel down and he gave me the biggest hug and he looked at me and he goes you needed that didn't you (laughs) that's so precious and I was like like when he is pushing my buttons because he is a button pusher I love him but he has those are the memories that I hold on to when directing him. Like mm-hmm. every morning at drop off now, he gives me those hugs and he's like, I needed that. Did you need that? Cause I needed that. Um, and that's what I think just holding on to not like, res- I don't know how to like the frustration and the anger and the negative emotions, but holding, because I know he's just impulsive. Yes. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's hard sometimes, but like, in the end, that reward of just that moment, that hug, you needed that, didn't you? Like, yeah. that's a core memory for me with him, you know? It's like perspective taking, you know? Like, he may not always have it, but right. he's developing, developing it, right? It. Like, you, yes. see, you see it sometimes. And I think that's just, I, I guess that's, like, my takeaway from this whole conversation is just, like, take everything into perspective. Like, if you're having a conversation and it's not working, it's not the time to have that conversation, right? Right. If you're feeling frustrated and you're feeling heightened emotions not the time to have the conversation and same with another child um and so yeah just taking things like as they come like you would with a child you take their development as it comes take the conflict as it comes and and you don't always have to figure it out and solve it like right then and there in that moment but also um like just thinking that it's not falling on deaf ears you know what I mean yeah it might not in that moment you might not be seeing him take what you want to see like the accountability but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that he doesn't hear you and that doesn't mean that he's not absorbing what you're saying it just might not be time Mm -hmm. yeah and I think the, the when you don't lecture and you try to do it in palatable amounts 
that's when they might actually listen a little more because once you someone you know just like you go to any lectures or school or class or webinar or anything that's you know you tune it out um so charlie brown teacher that's what yeah that just being a, a, an effective communicator i think part of being an effective communicator is knowing when to communicate right yeah um and and having little humans grow up to be adults who can can live with a little bit of a little i mean look we can't be all accountable for every fucking thing but no. <laughs> a little bit of accountability i was it got got me thinking i was i was talking to, to a a human on friday um face to face which is you know very rare for me i i don't leave the uh the snuggery very often but i'm having this conversation with this woman not it doesn't work in early learning or anything and um after how things are going and she almost bursts into tears and she saw that her job found out earlier in the day that her job would had been listed um as as open and available and so she hadn't been able to find out from anybody if she was being canned or if it was an accident or or whatever and um, nobody, this is a kind of a bigger corporation and nobody was going to getting back to her with information and everything. And part of me is feeling sorry for her, but part of me is feeling that I, it was, it was demonstrable that she was not accountable for her job responsibilities. I could, I, I could take out five or six things in my head that she, she wasn't been doing that wasn't doing that are part of her job responsibilities. So um, she shouldn't have a job because she's not being accountable for, for, for the work that she's supposed to be doing. Um, can't wait to talk to her Monday, find out if she's still employed. I told her, told her good news or bad news. Let me know. I'll come over, bring you a shot of tequila. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She probably will blame it on somebody else. Like my nephew lost his job recently because he was clocking in, leaving work and then coming back to clock out, basically stealing wages. And I told him you're stealing. And he's, he was like, no, they just didn't like me. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't like you because you were stealing and not doing the job. So, you know, yeah, let's let's help them not do those. How long did he have that job? (laughs) He was working there for like three months. Not long. Oh, okay. Well, listeners, let's wrap this up. This has been the Child Care Barn Girl podcast. Uh, a while ago, um, Rebecca mentioned uh, dropping little nuggets, which is something that we're gonna that's gonna come up in the next episode we talk together, uh, because we're gonna be talking about nose picking. There's also a mention of buttholes, which is also gonna come up in that episode. So, um, um look who's forward. the listener that says we always talk about poop? Uh, that would be <laughs> Pam. Yes, you're listener welcome, Pam. Pam. Oh, listener, Pam. Uh, oh, don't get me started. The other day, um, two dogs through the course of the day, seven bags of dog poop I picked up. Um, yeah, I don't know what they, their diet hasn't changed. It was all good, healthy dog poop. It wasn't, I mean, uh, I, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been the Child Care Bar and Girl podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early lo- learning podcast that likes dropping those nuggets. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.